Hello, everybody. My name is Paul. This is John. And this is the Madman Recap. Thank you for joining us once again. John, how are you? I'm doing great. What are you doing? Uh, well, I've, mentally, I've been mentally preparing all day, John. I received an email this afternoon um, from one of our favorite friends, uh, Laura. And she suggested I go back to my old ways. Um, and if you go back and listen to the first episode, you'll hear this. Uh, drinking. <laughs> During the episode. So I've made myself, John, a, uh, a Mad Men friendly old fashioned. All right. Uh, maybe added a little, a little bit too much sugar, but more likely a little bit too much booze. How's it taste? Well, that's all that's in an old fashioned is booze. Uh, it tastes, it actually tastes wonderful. I haven't had one in a long time. All right. Uh, well, that's a great way to kick off the show. It is. Which one are we doing tonight, John? I'm already drunk. That's all right. This is episode four of season two. We got three Sundays. Three Sundays. And I do have some things that we've learned. And actually, it's not just what we've learned. In this episode, uh, Roger learns that uh, the prices have changed, but the menu has indeed stayed the same. Uh, Duck, oops, straight up and crapped his pants on this one. And we learned that Don, he don't hit his kids, John. He don't do it. All right. All right. Those are getting hard to do, by, by the way, folks. What's that? The, the three things the three that we learned? Things. You know what I'd like to do? Just uh-huh. quick off the top of the show. I know we don't normally do, do this, but if, if anybody wants to do the three things for the next episode, I would love it. Oh, all right. And maybe if you do, if, 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 if you're listening right now and you come up with the three things for the next episode, we will give you the next episode to listen to absolutely free. Wow. Absolutely. John, I'm crazy. God, jeez. Right. What am I doing? Stop me. No, that's, a, I mean, that is a, that is something. That's a prize if I ever heard one. So absolutely free for the next episode. All right. All right. Let's well, how started. about this episode? I like this episode. You like this one? I did. And I like them all, but I like this one. All right. We well, start off it? with, um, with Peggers and Church. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to I got to give it to Mad Men. I did some uh, some fact checking. They got their dates square on. Oh, for uh, so Passion Sunday, April eighth. That is in fact correct. Oh man, what a pain in the ass that must all be. I don't know. I mean, they have. I don't know about other shows, but Mad Men has this thing called the Internet. Oh, the Intertron, as they, they, can, they as can, the kids are calling it, and they can look up random facts like what date was Passion Sunday in nineteen sixty two. Uh, and they got it square on. <laughs> uh, so we start off the episode with uh, Peggy in church. And as we saw from the episode before, um, her mom had been giving her some guff about not loving the Lord, John. Right. And and Peggy, uh, I think, really felt like she, you know, she should spend some time with her mom and, and went ahead and came to church last episode and is back there again this one. And they do a good job of having the priest uh, pontificate in a way that would make anyone run from mass. Am I right? Oh yeah, I mean you have no it's because you, you can hear him. You can hear what he's saying, and you have no idea what he's Is saying. Is he speaking? In a, was that all Latin? Not nah, no, no, it wasn't. I know, but it was it was unintelligible as far as I can tell. So she, um, like any human being uh, who with free will, would uh, uh, kind of said, "Listen, I'm not feeling so good. I gotta get out of here." And just stands. It was kind of funny because her sister calls her out. She's like, "No, you're just hung over." Oh jeez. Um, and she, uh, she stands up to leave church and on her way out, John, we run into a character that, uh, is kind of hanging around all season. Yeah. Yeah. You like this character? I, let's be honest, folks. I think we all know this is Tom Hanks's kid. And for some reason I can't get past that. What do you mean? You can't get past it. I just don't like him. I love Tom Hanks. I don't like his kid. I don't know why. I'm sorry. Is this from previous work? It is from some previous work. I don't think he's a particularly good actor, but yet he's not bad. Right. And I just feel that he got maybe, that maybe Tommy pulled from some strings for him. (laughs) I'm just saying. Two-time Academy Award winner, back-to-back, if you will. Um, I don't know. Hey, hey, that's okay, though, man. Yeah. Well, anyways, he's outside uh, admonishing some children for misbehaving. Peggy's on her way out and runs into him. They say hello, and, and she decides not to leave church. So she comes back in with Father Gill. Well, how are you going to leave if a priest catches you, catches you sneaking out? Uh, what was she supposed know. to do? I'll see you. Yeah. 
Pretty yeah. much. So, sorry, I need some hangover medicine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they go back in, and then uh, then after that we go right to the the Draper's household. It's still Sunday morning, and Betty gets a call. She finds out from her friend that it's a it's it's barbecue day, and they're supposed to go over. Don gets a little frisky. He does get a little frisky. I don't know. Have we seen this before? God bless him. Not this exact situation, but I believe they have been intimate in the past. All right. And so he uh, he, he gets a little randy and tells her to cancel. <laughs> randy. Um, and, of course, just as he's about to seal the deal, as the kids say, uh, the kids come in. That little, I'm, I'm going to say it right now, Sally Draper ruins everything. Everything. Everything, John. <laughs> and they, uh, they, they manage to send the kids away while they regroup. I love, I love how like, Betty takes it personally. Oh, I'm so sorry. I should have closed the door, locked the door. Like, really? Come on. That happens. I would have been upset at her. At Betty? Lock the door, lady. <laughs> we have kids, remember? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm an angry drunk. Uh, so the... Uh, so the next scene is actually uh, little Sally Draper uh, making Bloody Marys because it's Saturday. It's Saturday morning, right? It's, and that's what you do. It's Sunday morning. Is Come it on. Sunday? Yes. Oh, right, because he was just at church. <laughs> ah, jeez. Ah, jeez. Nope. Okay, drink. Uh, so uh, this is Sa- little Sally bartender, though. Sally bartender makes him heavy. Oh my goodness! And I love, I love how she goes number two, sir. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and we uh we get a little uh taste of where the episode uh is going because Bobby is playing with the hi-fi and um for a little word she's going to break he's going to break it and uh Betty has to yell at him. But well, he you know he he just kind of lies he's like I didn't do it. It's like what do you mean you didn't do it? You I saw you do it. We all and, saw you buddy. Yeah, yeah. But then once the kids are out it's kind of a it's kind of one of the nicer moments of the show. With like the Bing Crosby crooning, and they have a little dance with their drinks in mm-hmm. a quiet living room. Mm-hmm. You know, a nice, nice little moment. Indeed, indeed. Now she's reading a book uh, called Babylon Revisited. Yes. Have we? And we've already been, and we've already been had a Babylon episode in season one. That's right. Is there a significance here? No. Moving on. So we, we bounce over to Anita's house. Now, Anita is Peggy's sister and her husband's Jerry. Jerry's, uh, Jerry's seen better days. Oh, yeah, his back's hurting him. They didn't say how, did they say how he got hurt? Uh, they didn't say how he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Just that he threw his back out and that he needs to lay down. Have you invited, have you ever invited a priest over for dinner, John? Yes, we have. Oh, we? You were there. You were there. I don't remember a priest ever being home for dinner. Are you kidding? No, I don't. Father Vatiz? Nope, sorry. All right. Moving on. All right. So anyways, Father Gill is coming over, and uh, he, has, he has a great, they do a little great guffaw where uh, her, her relative says, oh, I'm sorry I was late. I was visiting my son. He's like, oh, I'd like to meet him someday. Oh, that was a cemetery. Dudgies. Dudgies. Yes. Open mouth, insert foot. Uh, that'll happen. But, uh, you know, as they, they get to talking about Peggy after dinner and uh, and they ask, you know, they start talking about what she does. And Peggy's like, wow, I had no idea they knew what I did. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, Peggy's I feel like, you know, uh, Peggy's home life is right on for uh, probably the situation that she's in. You know what I mean? Right. She's, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. She's the, she's the one without children and a husband and. She's got the job in, in Manhattan. and mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We got pictures of JFK in the house. I don't know if you saw that. I missed that. Did we do? It's very... in, the, in the kitchen? Yeah, no, in the dining room. Okay. There's a picture of Jifka uh, hanging, on the, <laughs> hanging on the wall. That's right. The Catholic president. Indeed. You got to have him up there. We love him. Oh, I, I, yes. Yes, indeed. There it is. So uh, in the next thing, uh, scene, we move on... Uh, with Roger having dinner with um, his daughter and her fiance, yes, and uh, Mona, his wife, and right. uh, we see this kind of non-traditional kind of we're going to get married, I don't know, kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know about you. I really like this scene. It's a good scene. 
I mean, because the, the kids are, especially the daughters, like, I don't want a big wedding. I don't see why we need a, a group of people to watch us say we love each other. And then I really like how Mona explains why it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she delivers that so well. And, um, and, and you know, the daughter kind of, you could almost see her, like, acquiesce in that moment. Uh, like, wow, well, maybe maybe it's okay. And uh, and then they go to they go to Roger, and he's could not be more not there, you know. He's uninterested. He's somewhere else from everybody else. Well, I think you do kind of see a divide between her and Roger, right? Like she doesn't which, have that. Uh, which her Mona, her or Margaret? No, Margaret, the daughter. She doesn't have that. Oh, daddy's the best kind of. Um, you know, like a lot of daughters do, they love their dad quite a bit, and right. uh, she definitely doesn't have that. No, 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 not at all. I but think, still, I think the I think the point of the scene though at the end is Roger's not Roger's not there. He's not he's not feeling this this family vibe, this drive to have these great moments anymore. Mm. Well, well, well put. He's very distant. Well put. All right. Indeed. This girl um, is also in a uh, drug commercial, his daughter. Margaret? Margaret, yeah. Um, literally, she can play any age between 9 and 23. All right. It's incredible. She's an actress. There you go, John. So the next scene we see, uh, uh, what's the priest's name? I'm sorry. Oh, this is Father Gill. <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, Father Gill, uh, as he offered in the last scene to give uh, Peggy a ride to the uh, subway, um, they're sitting by the stop, and he's asking her for a little help with his sermon. And she's, you know, she does presentation, she does public speaking. That's not, I don't think that's a terrible request. That's reasonable. Oh, no, it's totally. I, I think she's, uh, like anyone, uh, would be like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, can't turn him down. He's he's a genuine guy. I like this priest. You he's, just said you didn't like him. No, no, no. I like this character. I don't like the guy. <laughs> no, but no, I like the character of the priest. No, I'm not particularly a, uh, a young Hanks fan, but uh, I like the character very much. He, he, All right. seems, he seems genuine and he's interested in... Uh, He's he's he kind of a uh, a spokesman of the progressive church, where he's he wants okay. to be he wants to be more in touch with the um, people. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what she says. She's like, "Don't give a sermon that sounds like it's Latin, even if you're speaking English." Exactly. You know, have have eye contact, have confidence. I mean, just basic stuff. Yeah. But you know, she did offer some insight, and I think you really appreciate that. Of course, of course, and that really does where he drops her off. That really looks like Brooklyn. Yeah. That looks like a specific place on Fulton Street. Yeah, no, I mean, and, it, and I, I watched some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and they, they have been painstaking as far as the Brooklyn sets. Are they building that set? I don't know about that one, but like the Anita's house, they were very, very specific in how they built it and how closed they wanted to make it feel, how tight they wanted the whole thing to feel. Yeah. Um, on that on that set, which they which there was like, you know, the Brooklyn House set is like six feet away from the Sterling Cooper office. Nah, you know, it's a, I mean, they really do an impressive job with really making the apartments feel correct. Oh, which, yeah. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily have to do, <laughs> you know, but the, I, I mean, this literally looks like um, when I come home on Flatbush, uh, a part of Fulton. Yeah, there's a gym. There's literally a gym in those upper windows. Now, okay. I mean, that's how that's how close it is. It's it's really really good. All it's right. Impressive. Sorry. Moving on. No, that's all right. We go back to the the Draper residence. End of the day. End of Sunday. Everybody's kind of had a nice little hangout day, and they go into the bedroom and just kind of to relax and goof around, and uh, you know they start. They all start kind of playing around. Everybody's having a good time. They're, yeah. they're fine. They've come together as a family. You can tell Don's happy to be there. Betty isn't miserable for at least at least forty five seconds. John, no, you're right. She's got a little bit of a smile. I don't know. I was afraid her face was going to crack in two. I, don't smile. No, I mean she's she a little bit of a laugh, and they, they all goof around. And then you know Bobby wasn't doing anything inappropriate for the situation. You know he was just goofing around, jumping, and the bed breaks. 
And I, I would I would say I would say Betty overreacts. Oh, I don't know, man. It's like the end of the day, they're coming off. I mean, okay, so think about this. It's Sunday, right? And you've been drinking Bloody Marys all day. Right. The last thing you want to have to do is anything. Like Bloody Marys make you really tired. Is that right? Because you're drinking slow all day. Yeah. I'm just telling you from my experience when I do this. All right. By seven o'clock, I'm exhausted and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to move. And what happens? They're like, I'm hungry. And well, no, but like, I, it's seven o'clock. Like we haven't eaten, man. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Before all that happens, she just kind of snaps at Bobby, you know, for being reckless when they were all just playing around on the bed. Right. But I'm, you know, I'm just saying. All right. I can feel what they're feeling. The the, the slow drunkenness. And I'm saying, if you're gonna drink Bloody Marys <laughs> all day, don't have kids. I think is what. <laughs> that's where I'm gonna put that. That's your lesson for the day. Yeah, like you can see at the end of that scene where like Don falls back on the bed. That is a I've been like boozing all day kind of dudgies. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, Don looks just beat. Beat, man, yeah. Uh so the next scene is lovely. We uh see uh Pete and Ken Cosgrove um out with the client. And and would it be out it seems a bit strange that they'd be out with the client on Sunday night, but that's true. I mean, people do fly in for Monday no. meetings on Sunday evening. I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's actually, uh, this is lunch. This is Monday. Oh, do you think this is lunch? Because it, it flashes to the menu real quick, and oh. it, shows the, it shows the lunch prices. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, because it just feels very dark in the, uh, in the restaurant, so it feels like it's still at evening time. But okay, well, who, but, but I'll say this. Just, and I mean, you know, take this how you will. But who has a lady of the night meet them for lunch. Uh, I, I think I, that's why I thought it was evening time because in this scene, they uh, are entertaining a client. Yeah, Marty Hasselbeck. Marty Hasselbeck. And for Marty, they bring in a... Um, yes. A party girl, John. A party girl, a Vicky. A party girl, Vicky. And she's very lovely. I, I know this actress from several other movies that I love. Um, really? Yeah, she was in this movie, Wet Hot American Summer. If you haven't seen it, rent it. It's uh, comedy gold. But, uh, so she's lovely, and man, does she know how to play the part. Perfect. Indeed, Perfect. right? Because Roger comes by, and what happens? And this this is why I know it's not Sunday, because Roger is in a different outfit from when he was with dinner with the fam. Oh, okay, well done. Um, but no, Ro- Roger just happens to, uh, to come by and introduce himself, and, and then just walks on. You know, but it's I think the only reason he even comes into this scene is so that he can physically see Vicky. Oh, no, but no, no, no. He's never met her before. He doesn't know any. He doesn't know that she's not his wife. No, I know. But I'm saying in order for what happens down the line to happen, he needs to know what she looks like. So this scene lets him know. What oh, she you mean just like. from like a writing standpoint. OK, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, so Roger comes by technically to check on the client uh, with uh, Ken Grove, uh, Cosgrove and say, I, I'm almost done with my drink. Um, and Pete <laughs> with, Ken right. Grove, with Ken Grove and Pete and uh, and, and gets to meet uh, this lovely lady who right away jumps in and says that uh, she's his wife. So oh, how long have you been married? Five years. Like she is a she is a pro, John. Oh, yeah. She's done this before. I can appreciate that. And, so, but yeah, again, the, the, I think their only point was that they needed to have Roger know what she looks like in order to set up the meeting later on. Fair enough. The next scene, John, we get to bring back my 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 all time favorite. Oh, I know, I know. You have a thing for uh, creepy old ladies. That she's not an old lady, man. I don't know. She looks old. Bobby Barrett is not past her prime. Oh, I, yes, she is. I don't like talking about this. This is creepy. All right. Um, so anyways, Bobby Barrett comes in. <laughs> she comes into Don's office because she has a show to pitch. And what's the show? It's like a candid... I didn't really understand. It's like a candid camera. Candid camera with... Uh, with her husband. With her husband. But I, I, I still don't understand, though. So what's going to happen is, like, there would be people that maybe wouldn't recognize Jimmy... Who would interact with him? Like, like they would have Jimmy be somebody that's running the dry cleaner, and somebody would bring in their stuff to be dry cleaned, and he would just be a punk to them. Mm-hmm. 
And all this would be on camera without the people knowing. And then after he had been a punk to them for a while, you know, the, the, the gag would be up and like, oh, you know, you were caught on Grin and Barrett. That would be the thought. All right. Well, yeah. So she pitches this show to Don. She wants he, him to help out. And he doesn't think it's a terrible idea. No, he know? doesn't. He thinks it's a good idea. And he, uh, he thinks they could maybe keep Utz as a sponsor, right? Maybe. Because he'd have to get Utz out of, uh, he'd have to get Jimmy out of Utz. Yeah. To do the show. Yeah. Which I don't, that, that makes no sense. He could still totally do those Utz ads. Well, I mean, I guess it would depend on how the contracts were written and that kind of thing. That's true. That's true. Um, but the uh, the scene ends up with Bobby making yet another move on Don. Um, yes, and she she locks the door, and Joan gives like the little what the hell? Oh so. yeah, not again. That Bobby Barrett. Yeah, she uh, man, just just no uh, no class, no class. So the next scene is a little bit small. We have uh, we have uh, Roger come into Ken. Ken's office. Uh, yeah. Asking about Hasselback. This is the only time we see uh, Ken Cogro's office, which is rather thin. What? Which is which is small and not uh, not decorated very well. Because we never see it. Because <laughs> we never see it. So they uh, they probably just use somebody else's office and turn the desk at an angle. But uh, this is where uh, Roger learns about uh, the lovely lady. And that she, in fact, is not Mrs. Hasselback. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. She is not. Um, and uh, Ken says he has a whole book full of girls like that. Yeah, apparently Ken Ken hangs out with the, the ladies of the night. Why not, John? He's a bachelor. That's true. Uh, but yeah, real quick. And so, so now we know that, you know, now we know Roger knows that she's a lady of the night and that he has a contact for her if he wants. I love it. Next scene. Uh, Don comes home and uh, Betty tells him that little Bobby's broken the hi-fi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's pissed off because she had already warned him on Sunday. And uh, and then now she's, she's you know, like, oh, you better wait because your dad's going to get home. And, uh, and he lied about it. And then she's not happy with how he deals with it. Well, Betty wants to beat him. She really does. She really wants the kid to get hit hard. And not hit in the face, but, you know, like, spanked. And, I mean, he's he's only, what, five, right? He's just a little guy, man. Yeah. Uh, he's just sitting on his bed with his jammies on. Don comes in and says, you broke the hi-fi. He's like, what? Gives the saddest gotta, little kid face ever. I got to say, the way Don delivers that, though, I'd be scared. Oh, yeah, man. He comes up there like, I'll beat you to death. He's got the angry face on. Yeah, it's tough, man. Don't do that again, he says. It's hilarious. Yeah, no, yeah, he's like, I believe her. Don't do it again. <laughs> the door. I know. And uh, I mean, the scene ends with kind of a, a crazy quote from Betty, you know, where she says, You think you'd be the man today? Uh, you are today if your father didn't hit you. And that just, uh, that really kind of rings weird. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's like she doesn't, I mean, I don't think she understands. I don't know. I don't know what her thought process is here. Because well, because she has a brother, so she saw what like it was like to discipline a little boy. Well, growing up, yeah, and look how he turned out. He's a giant douchebag. Yeah, he's yeah, he's up there. He's on the short list. <laughs> the short list. Oh, well done. Next thing we know, John. Yeah. We're at Palm Sunday. Yeah. So this is this is number two of the three Sundays. Um. Don's making pancakes, and little Bobby is interested on how the pancake maker works. Am I right? You're wrong. Little Bobby sees the baking batter and is just hungry. Well, that's what I'm saying. And he gets up close to it and apparently loses his balance a little bit while Don's answering the phone and burns the front of his lip. Apparently. No, no, no. He gets his chin, man. No, I thought he got, I thought he got like under his nose. No, if because okay. later on in the episode we see his burned chin. All right, that's important. So, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> who's on the phone but the damn duck? And he's calling in Don because they're gonna pitch American Airlines. Yeah, they moved the pitch up. And you can feel this just not being right, man. Well, we knew this wasn't right last episode. 
Totally. Duck is an idiot. Yeah. And I don't like him. Yeah. There, I, I said it. I said it, John. I don't like him. I think you're the only one. He is very likable. Okay, whatever. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, anyway, so yeah, so so Duck calls. He has to go in. Bobby burns his chin, and apparently Betty finds it uh, a medical emergency. And not a medical to, emergency. Just put some aloe on the kid and put him to bed. That's what I. Would I know. Do. I know, right? I mean, uh, well, you're you a think, doctor. What would you do? Exactly that. Okay. I mean, and and but instead she says like, "Oh, I got to go to the emergency room and send Sally with Don to the office," which she's not happy about. But Sally's happy about. It. She's like, "Hooray!" Oh yeah, yeah. It's a little trip. To... She gets to go to the city. Totally, totally. So then we're back at we're back in Brooklyn, man. I know it. They do an impeccable job here. Um, and there's a whole big table waiting for uh, Father to come eat again. This, uh, didn't they just have him? Like, like they had him last week, and they're gonna have him over again this week. Yeah, that was a little surprising. I could understand having Father over once, you know, for dinner, but to have it consecutive weeks is a little surprising. Let me tell you this though: I bet you there's a bunch of creepy Catholic people that do this all the time. Oh yeah, well, like, but hey, Father, I, why don't you come this, over and eat? I could see this being a, like in in small towns, like where we grew up. But, uh, you know, Brooklyn, I mean, it's a little more surprising. Well, maybe so. Yeah, you got a point there, but I don't know. There's some but, Catholic churches out here, though. But anyway, so Father Gill says, look, I, I'm sorry I can't make it. I got to go give life's rights. Somebody's not feeling so well. Mm-hmm. But, oh, by the way, you know, Peggy really helped me with my sermon. Here's a copy. Could you please give her the copy of the sermon and let her know how helpful she was? And, and Anita's just, like, pissed. I think her sister's just like, man, I'm tired of this. Why is she so appreciated? She's yeah. a hoe. Yeah. I'm, a good, I'm a good person. You know, I'm a good person. I'm here. I'm, I, I spend time with my mom. I'm taking care of kids. Yeah, my, my husband has a lame back. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing God's work here. No, she and is. what does Peggy do? She runs around in Manhattan. She's got a mouth on her. She has got a mouth on her. She's having unprotected sex, John, out of wedlock. I can't think of a reason to like her. Exactly, and everybody else seems to just think she's the thing. The bee's knees, John. I think <laughs> is the word you're looking for. It, it, yes, that's well, that's two words, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So, so Anita's not not feeling it, and uh, and then then we flip out. You know, we're back. Uh, we're we're back at at the office. And you know what? Everybody comes in for this. I mean, oh yeah, Duck everybody, calls in oh. everybody for this. Which is a little unneeded, I've got to say. And I got—I think it is a little funny when he actually uh, points out Harry. What are you doing? Here? He, he decided he needed to call in everybody else, but he wants to call out Harry. Oh, it was just funny. I don't know it. Um, and what did you, what did you think of Campbell's outfit? Oh, that was—that was literally just there to be hilarious. So he's at the rack. <laughs> Apparently, they called him in from the racket club, and he couldn't put pants on. Those are the shortest shorts I've seen on on uh, national television. <laughs> With the sweater, that was great. It's pretty waspy, man. It was pretty waspy. But yeah, so so he's in this ridiculous <laughs> sweater short combination, uh, kind of laying out the plan. And uh, and and there's kind of setting up the pitch how it's going to go. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of people in that meeting, but you know they 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 this is two weeks early. American moved it up two weeks. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, this right. is two weeks faster. So, uh, Duck doesn't Duck ask Don like, let's get a little sneak preview of what you're thinking, and he's like, I'm not ready to do that yet. Oh yeah, no. And he, he, he uh, and yeah, he kind of turns duck down on that one, and then he. Um, although it wasn't, I mean, it was true. He really wasn't ready to do. No, that. he didn't have anything yet. Right. And then yeah, he calls creative into his office to start getting their uh, their take on it, and they don't. I mean, they don't really have anything. They don't have anything um, kind of new and fresh. Right. They've got what you would think to you know they've got like the initial ideas kind of. Uh, laid out. I like how the whole like office scene. They keep flashing to Sally being just a little obnoxious to the uh, the people in the office. I mean, my favorite. I mean, my favorite scene in this whole thing is uh, 
you know, uh, Don's taking a look at all the artwork and whatnot. And he's asking uh, Kinsey if he has a menu set up. And he's just frustrated by his team's uh, lack of vision. And he knows they're in some real trouble here because they've got to make this look like two weeks worth of uh, thought. Right. You know, it's not even so much about the, you know, the presentation, the uh, graphics, the menu. It's about coming up with how to redirect American Airlines. Yeah, a comprehensive plan. Yeah. And that's what's, I mean, that's what's tough about doing something like this. And uh, why it would be frustrating that, you know, his team, in doing their best, hasn't really gotten past, you know, hey, we fly safe, you know? Yeah. Now, how, like, do you ever come across this? Um, I'm the guy that comes up with the, hey, we fly safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the I'm the Kinsey of my office. I, I don't know if I told you, but I'm I'm growing a uh, a douchey beard. Oh, we just lost every listener. Ah, oh, sorry, guys. It's not true. Oh, I'm sure the French are still listening, even though I've asked them to stop. Wow. Uh, so so now we, so what we see is the only person from Sterling Cooper who's not in the office right now. What does he Ro- have to do there? And that's Roger. Yeah, I mean, what what's he got to do? So he uh, he welcomes Vicky over. Indeed. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. She is a lovely she is a lovely young lady, John. Oh, she's got she looks great. She's got a beautiful dress on, the necklace. Indeed, indeed. Uh Roger has uh has uh prepared a uh a nice ambiance for the situation, as they say. No, a nice hotel room. Exactly. Champagne. And he's uh, already uh he said he's already seen her invoice, so he prepays. He does. He pays on time, John. Early and often. Um, he is not uh, your regular client, though. He requires a few extras. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's very, uh, I don't know, what, Julia Roberts. Indeed, I was going to say the same thing, John. We all know from Pretty Woman that there is no kissing. Uh, but Roger wants what he wants. Unless you pay enough, apparently. In this case... Absolutely. Money does open all doors, John. Absolutely. He get, he gets everything he wants. He does. Both, uh, both in this scene and uh, and then actually after when we see him later. Uh, and he's like, look, yeah, I'll pay for your next guy, too. Let's go to dinner. You know, because he wants uh, he actually wants a new relationship. He wants a new Joan. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, actually, he does. You know what I mean? Like, Joan was a. Uh... Joan was an equal kind of, you know, at least at the uh, at the kind of like um, intellectual level of kind of the back and forth banter. Oh yeah, no, she was attractive, but she was uh, she was witty and somebody you could talk to too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so we go back to the uh, Sterling Cooper office and we see uh, Sally walking around talking to Kinsey. And, uh, I mean, in that situation, the last thing you would want is a little girl walking around bugging you. Oh, yeah, with the the, the acute stress that they just got put under. Indeed. Yeah. But, he, honestly, I don't, I don't know that he could have handled it any better. He didn't yell at her. Just like, I can't talk. I'm sorry. So. Uh, Sally, uh, being horribly racist, as we know she is, um, asks if um, Kinsey's girlfriend is his maid. I don't know if that's because she's racist. That's what she knows. No, it's true. Sally Draper is a card-carrying racist. I thought Joan was the only one. No, well, you know, you can get, you can join anytime you want. And apparently, Sally got on the uh, special kids club membership. Oh, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> sorry, John. That's a little much. Come on. I'm sorry. I just don't like her. You don't like have, Sally. I never have liked Sally Draper. She'll grow on you. You'll get to her. Uh, so, uh, they show some of the, uh, office, um, inner workings. The, uh, dinner is brought in for everyone who's working. And of course the secretaries get to go absolutely last. Um, Bert Cooper is a little unhappy because, uh, some, of, some, uh, thoughtless, careless secretary has dropped her chewed gum on the floor and he has stepped on it with his sock. I, you know, and I really like the way Duck handles that situation, though. Duck does the good does do a good job with that. 
Go get some dinner. He won't remember he fired you. Exactly. Come on back one day. Exactly. Well done. Which now, you completely believe. Best part of the whole show, Don comes storming out of his office, walks into the center of the office, and preaches the gospel of how they have to do this. And it's, it's, not, uh, it's not warmly received because it doesn't jive with the laid-out plan by Duck and uh, Ray P. Pete at the beginning of the meeting day. Yes, I agree. But I feel like I, uh, this happens. This happens with the creative director commonly does this. You have your count. You have accounts. Their main objective is to get this done in time. And you have the creative director whose main objective is to get this done well. You know? And like, but I mean, you would think that accounts wants this done well. Accounts just wants this done. Are you, really? Like they don't have a quality thing with what they get? They don't. And I mean, I'm speaking just kind of how I see this show. This isn't, this isn't an overarching opinion on accounts. Okay. Uh, but accounts, you know, all right. As Don says earlier, they wish they could do what we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Accounts. Uh, once an idea has, once there's been an idea brought to the table, I don't think they, they're, necess- they're not necessarily going to look at it under the same microscope as creatives going to. Sure. So when they, when they get, when they receive the idea, they say, this is the idea. Let's go. Whereas Don, as a creative director, is going to take the idea and pick it apart to see if it's right, if it's the right direction. And, and uh, creative may not new, and uh, accounts may not do that. And and Don, Don does get uh, ducks backing here, you know, because the uh, uh, Cosgrove and, and Campbell are a little bummed out. They're like, what the, you know, what are we going to do now that, that eliminates, you know, three fourths of our plan? And ducks like, let it go, you know, let's just let's just do what we need to do. Well, I think you know. So uh, Don says that uh, basically we just need to forget about what American Airlines like. We need to we need to forget about 1962, right? And he's very good at forgetting. <laughs> he is. He's a pro. He is. We need talent. to show them what 1963 looks like, as right. if as if it's not as if this never happened, but it's as if. You know, 1963 is a brand new year and we are starting over. Right. You know what I mean, like this is the clean slate. Let's not let's not talk about heritage. Let's not talk about what happened. Let's talk about what we are and why and why we're better. You know, sounds like a great approach. It is a great approach because it's not it's not denying anything. It's just talking. And, but yet it's not. Um, it's not dwelling on anything. No, I, I liked it. I really liked his uh, his little speech. I also liked that little Sally got into the booze. Hey, man. Why not? I did for this episode in honor of little Sally, who ruins everything. Are you really drinking, or do you just have like a little a glass-shaking sound effect button you're hitting? I have No, I'm really drinking as uh, the slurring my words and not making sense has, has shown. Moving I apologize. On. I haven't eaten yet. <laughs> and and so we we quickly go through what we already said that uh, you know Roger he does want more than just just a physical fling he gets Vicky to come out to dinner with him and, and pays probably triple but uh, that's what he wants. Hey, you know what the whole experience, John? Yeah, yeah, the whole thing, the whole experience. And uh, and Don picks up uh, a uh, drunken Sally, heads home. John and what does Joan say that like? Sally, Sally already makes twice what she makes. Exactly. She seems a little bitter at the kid. A little girl's worth a lot. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it's, and it's back to Brooklyn. Right, yeah. So uh, we're back in Brooklyn, and uh, Peggy uh, is calling on the phone and wants to talk to Anita. And uh, she have a quick conversation. Anita says that uh, uh, Father stopped by and gave uh, a copy of uh, the sermon to her. And uh, Anita, you can really tell. I mean, you really just tell on Anita's face that she's tired of all this. And uh, she tells uh, Mom that you're too easy on Peggy. And, and, and the mom doesn't really... Uh, no. 
Nothing she, to do for it. Yep, she's just kind of like, is uh, Tony warming up the car? And it's, you know, it's funny because when we first meet her mom, she's really focused on Peggy finding a guy and dating a guy. And now she's just really proud that she's successful at what she does. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so then, then, we, then we go on to the most heartbreaking part of the episode, John. Uh, I love how they film this because this little scene starts with someone flipping the calendar. And it says 1030 American Airlines. Good Friday. And if right. that's not kind of an omen, I don't know what is. My guess is that most of these guys would be off on Good Friday, actually. Especially during this time. You think so? Yeah, so it's an extra uh, stinker that uh, they're in the office, and then what happens next happens. I got to say, though, if, uh, you know, whoever's watching this show, if you go to uh, 3619 time-wise, I have to say that from a, from a photography standpoint, that's my favorite shot of the show, of the, you know, of the, of the series, where you got just this perfect symmetry you got the girls on the sides you got the goons next to them with ken and kinsey and then it works in you have the bow ties in the middle with cooper and crane uh it's just an awesome shot yeah no yeah it's it's very portrait like yes indeed yeah i don't think that was a mistake but yeah it really kind of lines everybody up there uh and it, it and they take, you know, they, they take that shot at what's supposed to be, you know, the height of the day when the door opens and it's supposed to be American and they're going to present this, you know, this wonderful, um, beautiful front. And instead, it's Duck. Saying that his contact at American Airlines got fired this morning. And, yeah, it looks like somebody just uh, just killed Duck's dog. Chauncey? You know, <laughs> oh, that's right. He really has a he dog. He really has a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Worst name ever. And for uh, some reason, for some reason, Pete is the only one that doesn't get it. That's true. Everyone else has this look on their face like, ah, Chase. Pete's like, yeah. I don't, what do you mean? What's so wrong about that? And they yeah. have to explain to Pete that this is like delivering a, uh, a dead baby. Yeah. Uh, and, the and worst and part it, is, is they have to do the entire presentation with a smile. And, uh, you know, like they're really doing the pitch. Yeah, and, and the great thing is the, uh, the 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 girl, the assistant comes in and is like, the guys from American are here. And then they go back to the same shot, and now, you know, nobody's in line. Uh, you know, Peggy's stretching her neck. All the dudes are, you know, fixing their suits. Cosgrove's looking at the ground. You know, it's, it's a great, uh, just the two images, awesome. Yeah, everyone's just kind of like, this is going to suck. Yeah. Don has a slight, I feel like in that shot, Don actually has a slight smile on his face because he knows that uh, Duck is not long for this world. Well, and, and you know, and he, he knew he was right from the beginning. You know, you stay with Mohawk, who you promised, uh, yeah. promise, you know, and, and ha- never gave them a chance to grow into a big airline with them. Right. You know, um, and so I think that vindicates Don just a little bit. Totally, totally. So the next scene, I don't appreciate, John. It's uh, Anita going to confession and telling, uh, telling our new young priest, I think uh, Father Hanks. Um, or Gil. Whatever. Take a drink. I'm done, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, she kind of tells them all about Peggy and right? why she hates her. <laughs> Wait, did you say you don't appreciate this? No, it's like, why would you do this? Well, I, I think I actually thought that, like, if you think about it, um, confession for the longest time was probably a lot of people's version of therapy. It's how you talk to somebody about what really sucked in your life to a random person. Um, I, I actually really like that scene, like, because she doesn't have a therapist. She's not going to see a psychiatrist. No, she but could, it seems it seems she can afford one anyways. But it, it seems dis, it seems not dishonest, but just, you know, like. She's trying to tell this priest, yeah, I know you, you think Peggy's so great, but, you know, here's all I the horrible you. stuff she's done. Like, you know, I she's kind of throwing, I see. You throwing think Peggy under the bus. You think she's specifically ratting her out exactly. to, to the priest because she knows the priest kind of thinks highly of Peggy. Right. I oh, see. well, you think she's so great? Well, guess what? I, 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 I didn't see that the first time. Oh, I can see that. Oh, jeez. I see it. I see it. <laughs> all right. So then, what? Where are we off to? 
Uh, well, after we get to see the confession with the priest, uh, we move on to back to the office. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Don is pissed and kind of shoves the Shell Keneally uh, folder over to Duck. I think you should have this. And, you know, a little, uh, little tension. And, and Roger kind of chimes in. And I don't know how much he's actually talking about uh, American Airlines. You know, I mean, he goes on to say, you know, it wasn't, you know, the thrill of the chase. You know, the, uh, the excitement of what could be. Well, I think that's what that's that's what he responds to. Yeah, he's talking about what he responds to in life. Right. Of course, I don't know if hiring a, a prostitute is really the thrill of the chase, John. I think it is in his mind. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so we get back to uh, the Draper household. And uh, Bobby is um, at the table making a little bit of noise. And next thing we know, does he spill something? Uh, with his robot, he knocks over a little Sally's beverage. Oh, right, right. And, uh, you know, Betty's just like, straight up, why don't you discipline this kid? Don has had enough. Not well, only had- has he had a crap of a day. We're kidding. But he has, uh, he has, you know, her giving him the business about not hitting his own child. So he takes the robot and whips it against the wall. In a fit of rage, I'd like to say. Oh, he destroys that thing. He nails that thing. Uh, the robot flies apart, and then they send um, Bobo to his room. Well, no, no. No, they don't. Oh, no, they don't. No, he, he gets up and leaves the table, and they both go upstairs to uh, their room. And Betty is just being out of control on this business, John. Although I'm sure if you talk to a lot of, uh, a lot of people, they might be on Betty's side with her, uh, with her argument about how she's outnumbered and does all that work with the kids and uh, she's here all day and he gets to come home and be the hero right right but yeah no i do understand that totally i understand that but i just don't think it's she seems to be kind of losing it on him yeah she is i mean she and is. it doesn't seem like their kids are particularly that bad i don't know i don't have children but those kids aren't train wrecks and it doesn't sound like i mean but i don't know that she would know any difference because it doesn't sound like she you know they don't have the kind of uh daycares and social things that they they do now you know outside of the park but and by the way she is she's not outnumbered they have the help that comes in and that's what don points out Uh, yeah but you know anyways she i I, to some extent she does bring up a, a valid point and she wants uh help disciplining them and uh, so, you know, and Don's like, I had a crappy day. I didn't want to bring that back here. And she gives him a little bit of a shove. It's not a little bit of a shove. She does a two, two-arm shove, John. Well, it doesn't seem like much, though, because of the size difference. Fair enough. She gives him a little two-arm shove. And then, man, it looks like he almost breaks her in half. She's, she, yes, she's not a big woman. And, uh, no, I mean, it was, it's, an impor- it's important to the scene that he needs to be like, I don't think you want to be messing with me on this one. And he gives her a full on shove and it's, and they do a wide shot of it. And you see, she bent like her body bent. I don't see there's any way that this was not a real, Oh no, totally. like, like the director's Whoa. like, okay, January, this one's not going to feel good. Yeah. She's, he's gonna, he's gonna shove you. And he does. And, uh, good for him. <laughs> Cause January Jones is wholly unlikable. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you're saying she's a great actress because she pulls that off? I don't think she's acting. <laughs> so uh, then little Bob, then little Bobo comes to the door with a sad little burned look on his face and says he's sorry. And starts asking these questions about his dad. About yeah, Don's no, it's, dad. A, it's a powerful scene. It is. You know, why I think it's powerful is because as the viewer, we've gotten to see these flashbacks uh, with Don. And now we, we don't, you know, we get to see him flashing back, you know, talking about uh, these candies and these other things about his dad that he's, he's remembering, but we're, we're staying in the bedroom with right. him and Bobby. Can I say that, uh, this Bobby is much better than the next Bobby who's coming up. No, you can't say that. Can I, I can say whatever I want. It's my show. Why, why can't we, this It's our show, John. I can say whatever I want. 
No, what? Well, okay, but I mean, you'd be wrong. Are you serious? You don't like you like this? You like the next Bobby better than this Bobby? Uh, in a word, yes. Listeners, can we get a little uh, a little poll on this too? Yeah, which is the better which Bobby? Which is the better Bobby? The lame uh, one in this episode, <laughs> no, or the upcoming true. one that can actually deliver a line? You mean the crap? You, you mean as I refer to the crap, Bobby? Wow. And actually, if you look in this scene, you see the burn on Bobby's chin. Yes, you do. You were, as always, John, completely correct. It is, oh. on, his, it is, on, it is on his chin. But anyway, so, uh, you know, we get to bedtime and Betty comes to bed still pissed off and fired up. And I, I, I don't blame her. Oh, uh, yeah. She's, she's probably got a bruise on her chest. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and she's like, you know, st- you know, seriously, Don, you have nothing to say. And, uh, you know, he lays another great line on her. That, you know, when he was little and he got beaten, all it did was make him want to uh, fantasize about the day he would murder his father. Yeah, he said his dad beat the hell out of him. Yeah. And that he wasn't half as, uh, you know, half as good as Bobby is. Exactly. So I I think that, you know, that was an incredible uh, bucket of water to the the fire that is Betty. Well, and especially since he doesn't ever talk about, you know... Betty doesn't know that much about his past. So that was one of the few times that he's opened up to say anything. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, she kind of just kind of slinks down into bed. It's like, oh, I, uh, I see. And, uh, and so that's, you know, that's it for the Drapers for the episode. We head back, uh, back to Brooklyn, back to the church. It's Easter Sunday. This is the third Sunday. Indeed. Uh, and we see this little outdoor. Uh, the kids are having an Easter egg hunt. Um, there's a little child walking around who, who, who some may could be confused as Betty's child, although now... I'm sorry, whose child? Uh, yes! <laughs> Peggy's child! Oh, man. Laura was right in her email. Uh, Laura Mansfield uh, thought that the drinking would make me worse at my job here as the Mad Men recapper uh, co-host, and she's correct. Um, but we know now that, uh, that it is definitely not Peggy's child. It is her sister's child, but it reminds her of her own. Um, Father Hanks comes out and, uh, gives, uh, Peggy an egg and says, uh, for the little one. And, and uh, kind of letting her know that he knows. That's yeah, very, very awkward. Very much so, John. But I think, uh, well-intentioned. You think? For the little one, he says. But what's the intention? Just to let her know that he knows and it's okay. Huh. You know you what I mean? I don't, know I, if think he's it trying, is. I don't know if he's trying to say it's okay. Ooh, ooh, you know what I never noticed in that scene? What's that? Because I don't know, uh, listeners, we, we, have the, we have the episodes up as we're recapping. And um, you can see Anita in the background watching the whole exchange. Oh yeah, yeah. With yeah, a little bit of, with a little bit of nervousness, right? You know, because I mean, you know, although you know the priest is never supposed to say what goes on in confession, she doesn't want Peggy to put it together in any way, right? So, right, but yeah, and, and Peggy just uh, kind of ends with a little shock on her face, and that's that's the episode. Indeed, another good one, John. That was fantastic. We got um, another fine recap on your part, my friend. Oh well, thank you, thank you. You did you did excellent on your end. I think if anything, the booze helped. You think so? No. No. Fair enough. So, John, uh, we have uh, we have some emails. We got another little bit of artwork. Uh, what's going on here on the Mad Men recap? Well, yeah, let, let's dive into the Mad Men uh, mailbag, and we'll go ahead and start out with the artwork. Our our good friend of the show, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Jack has made his own effort at the Photoshop world, mm-hmm. if you will. And what he did is he took the Esquire cover with Christina Hendricks. On newsstands now. Which, uh, you know, very, very uh, erotic photo. Very attractive looking Christina. And uh, <laughs> really? No, well, no, no, you're, you're totally right. All right. And so, uh, but, but Jack just adds a little bit of flavor to the photo. And I think it looks great. Yes, he does. He puts in a little Roger, and then there's a little uh, there's a little saying there that I believe Roger said in one of the episodes, and we'll post that um, not only on the site but on our Facebook album because we've put all the artwork in a Facebook album, so you um, can go and look at it anytime you want. 
Which and the album keeps growing. It it's, does. It's, it's quite the collection we have. Indeed, it's quite a gallery, John. Um, and it, it looks great. We um, we want to say thanks to Robert who wrote in about Peggy's baby, which we did talk about at the end of last episode. Thanks, Bob. Uh, uh, glad to hear that. Uh, we got a really good email from Greg, and I, I want to just take a moment to apologize to the listeners for completely whiffing on this. John, uh, I want to say one thing. Yeah. I'm not mad at you. I'm not. Are Is you? it? It's all disappointment. Are you saying it's not my fault? I'm saying it's completely your fault, and I'm disappointed. Oh. Well, for, for the listeners, uh, Greg of Minnesota writes in to say that he likes the show. We appreciate that. Thank you, Greg, for listening. Uh, but he also wanted to point out one incredible oversight, and that's that when we started season two, we just assumed it was uh, fairly linear going from Thanksgiving of 60 to Valentine's Day of 61. And, in fact, we missed the entire calendar year of 1961. Uh, season two starts out Valentine's Day of 62. Duh, and And as Greg points out, that would really explain a lot of what would seem to be gaps in the story, it would help. Uh, it would help rationalize why Duck and Don are suddenly, you know, not so suddenly at odds. It would explain how Peggy is all the way back to uh, full shape. Why, um, why uh, Betty is no longer in therapy and is in fact writing. Um, that in fact Joan is now going to be thirty-one uh, instead of thirty. Yeah, so, man. Yeah. You we know, dipped that, it on this one, folks. That the uh, you know that the 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 meditations in the emergency is actually in sixty two, mm. not sixty one. So we we make uh, a bunch of little full pause with the time, Digits. and um, I actually just caught that reviewing this episode because right. the dates on the Easter things on all the little uh, things were sixty two. Right. Um, so thank you, thank you for pointing that out, Greg. Thanks for listening, uh, and that, that was a really excellent email. Craig, we well also, uh, as you pointed out at the beginning, we got Laura asking us to do the show with a little of the uh, little of the old fashioned. I, I can't. I gotta, it's all gone. I'm, I'm I'm shaking my glass by the mic, but it's all gone. I, I got to say that. <laughs> I got. I think that worked out. Um, <laughs> I, we, now we're getting feedback from everybody. We got some comments on the website, which we're happy to hear. Oh and, no, uh, not all of us, John. Well, no, you got to say you're happy to get a comment. I'm happy always to get a comment, but let me break this down for you, listeners. Um, I don't know if you remember, but in the last episode, I said, why can't anybody write in and tell me that maybe I sound like Roger? Because we've had at least 30 to 45 people write in to tell John that he sounds like uh, Don Draper, John Hamm. Um, we had uh, Zach write in, tell me that, sadly, no, I don't sound like Roger, but I do sound a bit like Adam Carolla, and he's, <laughs> and he's sorry for that. So um, I'm going in next week for nasal surgery, and hopefully by next episode, I won't sound so nasally and annoying. Thank you, Zach. Don't and worry, they, I don't have feelings. You didn't hurt them. And Zach also was a, is a, a Facebook friend. He posted on our No, wall. he's no friend, John. He's a Facebook friend. Come he on. He's no friend. Just because you sound like some guy from the man show, no reason to get upset. Hate Adam Carolla. That's the thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, he said he likes the show. He, he does his own podcast at ourlist.podbean.com. Why did you uh, just? Why did? Ah, come on, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and he's not the only one to comment on the site. We got somebody that really liked the uh, the the, <laughs> the douchebag douchemag um, Kinsey artwork that we posted last time. That was exceptional. Uh, we got Leanne, another Facebooker, says she loves the show. Makes her laugh out loud. Thank and, you, Leanne. And lastly, I just want to uh, say thanks to everybody that uh, gets to us through iTunes. We are now officially a four-star program. Oh, we got woo. we got another rating, and we are now a four-star program on iTunes podcast. Thank you. And I was I was actually just looking at our ratings today, folks. If you listen to the show and you like it, please go to iTunes and and write a little uh, "This show is great" uh, review because. Uh, that really helps us, and we would love to get on the iTunes front page. And I know uh, that's a pipe dream, John, but uh, I'd love to see us uh, up there. Hey, absolutely, my friend. You know, you reach for the moon. If you miss, you catch a star. I'm embarrassed you said that. 
<laughs> sorry, John. <laughs> sorry, John. Uh, yeah, so uh, so do us a solid and uh, and put us up there. But uh, regardless, thanks everybody for listening. And don't don't forget to uh, please go to uh, MadmanRecap.com uh, for all your Madman Recap wants and dreams, and uh, including the phone. If anybody oh, wants to call in, I'm giving up, John. I don't even care. But you can become a uh, Facebook friend, which is also really awesome, and you'll get our Twitter feeds because those go straight to Facebook. You can you can follow us on Twitter. It's just amazing. I posted something on Twitter today and on Facebook. It's a kind of an interesting article, and you should check it out. I did see that. Oh yeah, that that was that was uh, that was pretty neat. It was um, a Subway uh, like advertisement for um, season three coming out on DVD. Uh, actually, it's not for season three, but. It was still an interesting article. It wasn't for season three? No, man, that was actually for the season two when it was on TV. No, no, that's not what I read. The the date on your on that article is 2008. Oh, but it was still neat. <laughs> I can't even read now. Listen, I'm ending the show. All right. Well, well hey, good show. We'll talk to you later, buddy. All right, bye. Bye-bye.